welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Welcome, everyone. We're so happy to have you on. My name is Kamaya Wallace-Bichard, and today our topic is going to focus on coping during stressful financial times. So we're going to talk a little bit about financial stress. I'm joined by my two wonderful colleagues who I'm going to let introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Sasha Grabenstetter. Hi, I'm Kathy Sweedler, and we are going to be talking about financial stress, and we're going to try to be, um, you know, realistic and positive and talk about some coping strategies. But I want to let everybody know this could be a trigger for a lot of feelings and anxieties that you may be having at this time. So you want to think about that. And if anything comes up that feels overwhelming, one um, number that you can call nationwide is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and that is 1-800-273-8255. And I mention that because um, it may be useful to talk to somebody, and if you don't feel like talking at a national level, you can always ask them for a local number for somebody you can talk to. So hopefully these we won't be pushing anybody's buttons too much today because we are looking at positive coping strategies, but we want to put that warning out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And we're now in the month of May, so May 2020, and there's been a lot of changes, a lot of financial economic changes for us. And so we just thought that this was a good topic for us to have a conversation about. Um, I'm sure you're, all our listeners are having conversation with household members and other people in their life about what's been going on. So when we think of financial stress, one of the definitions that comes to mind comes from the Financial Health Institute, and they define financial stress as a condition that is the result of financial or economic events that create anxiety, worry, or a sense of scarcity. And it's usually accompanied by a physiological like stress response. So um, when we feel stress, we can feel it in our shoulders, other parts of our bodies. And so part of this conversation about financial stress um, is understanding a little bit more about what it is, knowing that there are instances when people do face like chronic financial stress. But um, for the most part, what we're going to be talking about today is just some of it relating to how we're coping right now in May 2020. I think one of the ways I'm coping is by buying lots of Legos for my child. Okay. I think there's a lot of purchasing going on in yes. our <laughs> and and you can get Legos online as well, right? Not to market that yeah. or approach that particular product, but um, I know that I've been hearing about people coping sometimes with positive behaviors that can be helpful. And not to say that buying you know something for your child is not a positive behavior, but sometimes maybe buying more than we intend to buy. Yeah. Uh, um, as, as a response to this financial stress. Um, so, you know, what are some of the, you know, we, we, we mentioned that there's a lot of things going on, but we want to remember too that like financial change and stress can look different for different people in different households. Um, some households right now are dealing with job loss and in decreased income. Other households, maybe not. Maybe people are working at home and able or working on site and able to maintain their income. But I would guess that for most households, there's a level of financial uncertainty that we weren't seeing a few months back. And that's creating stress, even if your income today hasn't changed. 
That's very true, because even if you are still working, there are lots of people who may not know what's going to happen in a couple of months with their work situation. And so for that as well, too, why it's not like immediately affecting them like that can add that layer of stress that they're thinking about what's going to happen in the future and how they're going to cover like those financial responsibilities. And then I would um, guess just from talking to people and um, thinking about things that a lot of financial plans that we might have been making Mm -hmm. are now sort of in limbo, like moving, moving is very, you know, could just has extra challenges planning for retirement. You know, is it a good time to retire? Should I wait? Should I not wait? Um, All these, you know, should I change my housing situation? These are these are big decisions that I know a lot of people are comfortable with making plans and having them out there. And it's hard to plan right now. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. I was having a conversation with my parents and just as you're saying, financial plans, Kathy, um, they were telling me about some of the stuff that I didn't know that they wanted to work on this year and that they were planning to do. And so it was interesting having that conversation to see um, what they're the stage that they're at right now and how they're thinking about what they're going to be doing in the future, because some of their plans are like a lot of us are kind of like on hold for now. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in addition to like some of the pieces that come with like the physical things that we go through when that causes like that financial stress. So of course, with like a job loss or losing like your health insurance, um, there are other pieces that people go through as well too. So us as human beings, like trying to develop like effective coping mechanisms, we know that we go through a lot of different things, just like the definition says that we go through like that physiological stress response. Mm -hmm. So how it might affect us, um, you know, emotionally and the connections that we do have with people, how we might feel isolated when we can't reach out to people the way that we used to, plus going through like some of the economic changes that we're going through, like all of that together can um, can affect us. And we're not a mental health specialist, but a lot of research do show um, just some of like the effects and some of the like the intermittent and some of the long term effects of like stress and what that can do. Yes. And most of the, that research doesn't show that it helps us too much overall. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it, those are, you know, real challenges that people are facing and just looking, you know, thinking about this, like disruption in normal routines. Uh, what part of our routine, daily routine, has not been disrupted? And, yeah. you know, so we have to think through every so many new things because they're not habits. They're not routines. And I think that that's also affecting our financial behaviors because we, again, have to look at everything sort of with new eyes. We can't just move forward because everything things are changing and are in flux. And that we know from other things that that mental energy that it requires to make financial decisions, each decision adds up. And so if we're making a lot of new decisions, then that can really add to that overall fatigue, mental fatigue that happens. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about, you know, for me, going to the grocery store has typically been sort of just like, you know, I buzz through, I pick up Mm -hmm. what I need. It's not a big deal. And yes, I can use the online grocery system, but it's all different. And there's always a little twist where something doesn't work quite the way I expect. And I'm finding, you know, getting food to be something that takes mental energy where that 
hasn't really been that way for yes. me for years. So um, interesting how our routines being changed really does add to, I think, our overall stress. And one thing, uh, one thing I just wanted to add was another one of these is uh, about connections and social isolation. And I feel like because we're in social isolation, that means people don't like call each other as much anymore or text or check in. Uh, it's, it's been really an interesting, I don't know, like experiment, I guess, to see how people like really don't connect as much as we as we want to or as we say so. So that's also been like one of the things I've been dealing with. Um as well so Mm -hmm. it's one of my changes besides the disruption of having a preschooler at home while i'm working uh that connection has been kind of hard to to connect Mm -hmm. with people very true and i have been hearing that a lot as well another one for me has to do with like you know the transition piece so just like kind of like sasha you said about like having like your your preschooler home mm-hmm. like the transitions with um just not just like that disruption but how do you transition into like as a lot of people say your new normal and for some folks, why it may be that you're saving on childcare and you would think it would reduce some of the stress financially, but it still has like that hard piece with like trying to transition from um, like having your child in childcare or in preschool to move in to being at home full time. So it's like a lot of these things and part of it for me, it just looked at the interconnections of all of this. So with like the financial stress, right, we're not going to say, oh, it's because of, you know, lack of employment that's causing this stress. There's a lot of different pieces that connect with all of it um, to um, kind of increase that stress level. And, and that made me think of something else. You know, when you have all these different pieces, the uncertainty, the change in our normal routines, all this other stress that's going on, it's difficult to take care of our finances. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's paperwork that needs to get done to get unemployment insurance, or maybe you need to figure out how to go online to make sure you get your tax, your uh, federal stimulus payment, or maybe you need to file something, a change of status with one of your insurance companies. All of that, the stress is a barrier to taking those financial actions. Mm -hmm. And then because you have this barrier from stress, then you don't get those actions taken care of, perhaps. And then that creates more stress. Mm -hmm. And so um, things that, again, I mean, I use the online grocery shopping as kind of a, a simple example, but it builds, right? All those barriers build so that it really does create a more stressful financial situation overall, too. So what a terrible loop. <laughs> so, I think that's know, how stress works, Kathy. It's a, I know. <laughs> oh, I'm stressed out about this. Oh, well, we can fix it this way. Oh, I didn't get it fixed. Oh, more stress. It just keeps going in a loop. It goes and goes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's really... You know, and and sometimes I think being able to step out of our box, which, you know, and go to work or go out and socialize helps relieve that, break that cycle, Seisha. So, and we don't have that opportunity because, you know, if I go to work, then I have to like focus on something else and it kind of gets me out of that obsessing about whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and it's true, we're still working, but we're not in that same work environment. It's just different. And I think it can make it harder to break out of those loops. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I know our listeners are weighed in for, okay, they say they're going to be talking about positive stuff. Where's the positive? <laughs> We're getting to it, guys. We're getting to it. We promise. Uh, so a big part for us is just looking to see what information is out there in research and other places on, you know, how do people cope with stress? Like, what are some of the coping strategies that, that people use to get through the day today? And I found a great article by Erica Solovey, and I'm sorry, I apologize. If I say the last name wrong, but she did um, research on unemployment, coping resources, and coping strategies. And so she talks about her and colleagues talks about like some of the direct and indirect coping resources that we have. So what are some of the pieces that we have in our lives that do help us to make it through some of what we're we're going through, like some of the hardship? And they talk about like you know social support. So even though we're in a time where we're not able to physically be with the people that we do care about, we might have like those relationships that helps us talk about like some of the things that we're going through or other connections with people who have um, more information on maybe a job or maybe an opportunity that we're looking into. So having like that support system. Another piece that she talks about has to do with, you know, if we have financial resources, like what are some of the things that we already have that we can use to fall back on? And we've talked a lot about having like an emergency savings. And while not everybody does have that, Sometimes we do have like a little bit of that financial support that we can rely on um, just to help us make it through. And then another piece that she talks about has to do with like self-esteem. So people think about like who they are, their self-worth, um, their value, and how that helps to build resilience. So all three of these combined. So when we look at all of like these different factors like these resources that we have in our lives they can help us to overcome some of the stressors that we do face um, i really liked it i read through her article and it was like really good and informative and it just kind of helped me as well to think about how i cope so i will like turn it internal and think about me and what system i have to cope with like different types of um you know economic stress that may may arise in my life and one of the things I'm taking away with this, Kamaya, is, um, you know, recognizing and perhaps using your social support from friends and family. And Seisha kind of commented on this. And I know that, um, you know, I've been ha having to, like, talk back to myself when I say, like, oh, I don't want to call my sister. I don't feel like I have enough energy or I don't want to go on that Zoom call with friends because I just don't feel like I'm up to it today to just talk back to mm -hmm. myself and say, this is when you need to do it, mm -hmm. you know, re and reach, reach out and call somebody, reach out and talk to somebody. Um, think about, you know, the truth of the matter is when we're helping others, we tend to feel better ourselves. Yes. And um, so it doesn't have to be a it's fine and it's good to ask for help for yourself. Mm -hmm. But if that's not the place you can start, then sometimes helping others is a place you can start. And that could just be with a cheery, you know, social media post. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been really surprised at when you put something on social media that's really positive, how much people are replying to it right now and responding. Yes. Um, I think we're all looking for those opportunities to help each other um, with positive messages. One of the things, this is like slide, so we're going down a side road, but one of the things I've been doing is because people don't answer their phones. I'm not really mm -hmm. sure why, but I've been sending them like letters in the mail. So I've been 
you know, trying to send that little positive cheery note in a, in a way that they can actually tangibly hold it. So, yeah, I like that too. Um, and you know, so yes. So I think each person needs to think for themselves, you know, what am I doing to take care of myself, my own self-worth? Is there something that I could be doing with that? But yeah, you know, utilizing our social supports and then taking a close look at our financial resources and maybe setting a date with a partner to talk about like, you know, the main stresses that are worrying people and just think about, okay, this is the reality, but what do we have going that's positive? What can we do that, you know, could add to that positivity? And for for us, like with University of Illinois Extension, with some of the resources that we do provide, and Kathy can talk a little bit about this too, um, we do have like our money mentors, volunteers, and we had um, just a meeting with our, our mentors, and we were talking about just like some of the local community resources that may be available to individuals. And so with like coping with everything, um, sometimes there are some community resources that you can turn to, and 211 is one that we use kind of like in central Illinois where people can call to find out more information on different things from like food to housing just small just different things that's going on in in our lives so for a lot of people who are coping with a lot so maybe a lot is coming in all at once there might be local resources that are available to look into to help reduce like some of that stress level Yes, so you can actually dial anywhere in Illinois 211 and be connected to an information referral person who will talk to you and you can explain, you know, uh, you know, I'm having trouble keeping food on the shelves and they can tell you where you can go for food pantries or places like that. Or I need help with my utility bill and they can tell you um, United Way across the nation is another opportunity um, often affiliated with the two one ones to, to check out if you're not in Illinois to find those things. And it's it's fine. It's good to look mm-hmm. for help. Now's the time to be finding out about those resources because for some people, this economic downturn will be not just a short problem. It'll, it'll be going on for a while. And mm-hmm. so starting to build that resource bank of places to tap into makes a lot of sense. Can I think back on that for just a second? Yeah. I also think, you know, these national resources, but I think it's also okay to go sit down with a counselor and talk about your feelings as well, whether they're financial feelings or just regular feelings in general. Like a lot of people have a lot of shame about going to see somebody. um, And I don't think that I think we need to end that stigma and Mm -hmm. just go do it. If you need to, if you know, go outside your comfort zone, go outside your social support of your friends or your family and talk to somebody who is a professional. That's okay too. Yeah, lots of healthcare providers are doing telehealth, so they mm-hmm. will take um, things virtually. So we'll yeah. have meetings virtually, yes. So, you know, that leads into like the coping piece. So we're, we're wanting to find out like how do people cope? So using like those coping strategies and the resources that we do have built within us. So one of that, of course, is to talk with others um, like a counselor or finding like local or national resources that um, can help us. Another great uh, resource that I found relating to this topic came from the American Psychological Association, so APA, and they have like this great information on how do you deal with like financial stress? So not just stress in general, but like the financial stress piece. 
And they had like several great points that they talked about. And one of them is like making one decision at a time. So last month, so in April, we did a wonderful blog um, about, you know, your paradox of choice. So making like a financial to-do list or not making a financial to-do list. So this piece for us, when we think about like making one decision at a time, because it can't feel so overwhelming to try to do like all the different pieces that you have to do. It's a really great, uh, it's a, also a podcast and it's called The Next Right Thing. And you can check that out on your uh, iCloud or your whatever device you're listening to this on right now. Another point from them has to do with like tracking like your expenses. And this is something that we've incorporated in a lot of the classes that we do or webinars or blog posts. And this just helps us keep track of what we're doing daily. So even though people are not necessarily going out physically and spending money, people are still taking care of their essential needs and taking care of um, the different things that they want to do. So making sure that when you're tracking, you're tracking your expenses so that you can see where the money is going. Um, and that can help give like some control over what's going on. So, you know, um, have a, a pretty good idea. I think also tracking your expenses now, if you're not having a problem with income um, flow, is also a good idea because then if you have to make decisions in the future about where to cut back, you'll have a sense of where you can cut and what would be comfortable. What are the essential pieces that you don't want to have to cut, but where are things that you can make adjustments? So I always think information just gives you, um, you know, the resources you need to make those good, those feel good type decisions. Mm -hmm. Another one in our coping with like financial stress has to do with how do you, do you identify what your financial stresses are? So what are the things that make you tick? What are the things that gives you anxiety? Mm -hmm. And I know for me is um, pain fees. And I think I talked about this in one of our other podcasts, maybe last month. Mm -hmm. It's like pain fees. I don't like getting things in late, so I have to pay fees. And it's, if I see that something is going in late, like to closer to like the, the due date, then I start getting like really anxious about it. So one of the things that they advise is just to identify, um, you know, things that are your financial stressors and think about what things are anxiety provoking and write down ways in which you can reduce like some of that what are some of the things that makes you guys a little bit anxious when you think about like, well, i'm actually finances? thinking about like if if it's a financial stressor that you can't hand like you can't actually tackle like that's what i'm thinking about is mm -hmm. like how do you how do you tackle like uh, job loss like how do you tackle those kind of things like those are the like I'm like oh how do I deal with that if I lost my job I don't really know what I would do so I think maybe just even thinking about like making a plan about it could help you know like yeah. how long could we how long could we last if I didn't have a job like how mm -hmm. long would it be like would we actually be better off like I mean those are so many different things to think about so so I know about. that one of the things I've been doing is just like the one of them, a mindful technique is to um, think about the things that you're grateful for. So to, ha you know, each day try to think of one thing you're grateful. I I've been doing a little trick with myself where I try to think of a silver lining for the current situation, which, you know, it's it's a challenge sometimes. Mm -hmm. But even things that I joke about, like forms that we always had to turn in and pro pro in a 
we had to turn them in in person and now university of illinois extension is allowing us to do it digitally i'm like there's a silver lining (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know hopefully we'll keep those digital and not have to go back to handing over pieces of paper but you know and then i think the same thing about decreasing of income you know maybe somebody has time right now to develop a new career opportunity you know take some classes or develop a skill that that before they just didn't have quite the time or space to do it so even knowing that taking you know a hobby or or a skill and starting to develop it into an income gig while it might not pay off a lot right now it might pay more down the road and this is a silver lining opportunity to invest in yourself or invest in in developing a new idea or a new business or something along those lines. Another one that I really like as a recommendation of how to cope um, has to do with, you know, recognizing how we deal with stress related to money. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different types of stress, right? A lot of different things that we go through in our lives. But when it's related to money, because we already know that it's such a difficult topic and we all have like um, our early experiences with money that can help shape who we are and how we deal with that. So this piece is just saying just to recognize that. Recognize a little bit about how you deal with like that type of stress because your approach rate might be different than other other stressful things in your life. And this might be a good challenge for people to think about it in terms of family feuds and how you deal with this financial stress might be different than how your partner deals with financial stress. So I can remember early in our more younger adult lives um, when I would start to get stressed about our budget and our money and I would start a conversation with my husband and I would be like I'm worried you know maybe we should cut back here maybe we should cut back there and I'd try to have that conversation and he would always just go out and find more work and I was like and I was like no I don't want you to spend less time with me I just want to cut back on some of the expenses (laughs) but this was just a pattern for a long time until I realized his way of dealing with Mm -hmm. financial stress was just to work harder and work more hours. Mm -hmm. And my way was like, well, we could cut back and, you know, just rearrange. And until I understood that we had to like come to a conversation about that, like Mm -hmm. I had to say, this is not about you needing to work more, (laughs) you know, (laughs) then, I mean, we just had to, it, it was very interesting. Um, it took us a while to figure out what was going on. So I sort of throw it out as a challenge to people in this time of financial uncertainty to give yourself some time and space to think about how do you deal with it? Like you were saying, Kamaya, but also how do the other adults in your household deal with it? Yeah. And, and what does that look like? And I think, too, just like you're saying, Kathy, like sometimes, um, you know, looking at just some of the healthy versus unhealthy way in how we might deal with it. Um, So from the APA, they were talking about some of the positive ways in which we can, um, you know, build up like our support systems and develop coping coping mechanism that just works better for us than some of the other activities that may cost us more money or get us into trouble in different ways. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that was a great point. Um, a couple others that they do have on here, and one of them that we have already kind of touched on was asking for support, and support in a lot of different ways, right? So sometimes it's not necessarily that you need um, like that financial support. Sometimes you just need like an emotional support, so our, 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 our social systems can, can step in with that piece. And another one has to do with managing the temptation to overspend. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I laugh because that's uh, it's a big issue in our household. Like, even though I am a financial educator and my husband's a financial planner, we see very differently on overspending and what that definition is. So, you know, while I think like uh, buying things for my son to keep him busy during the day is necessary, he thinks that that's overspending and I respect his opinion, but that is our feud in our house right now. (laughs) What is overspending? What is not? Well, all I was going to add there was, um, again, coming back, taking time to think about your points at which might be more difficult to manage your spending. So I know that like if I'm tired and I, and research supports this as well, when I'm tired, I don't make as good of decisions. And so mm-hmm. like avoiding going online to your favorite purchasing site, like late at night or right, you know, might be a good strategy for you. Maybe you kind of set yourself a little mental rule that this is the time of day you can go on to do ordering, but not after, you know, not at times that are bad for you. It, I think we have to kind of know ourselves and think think about it in order to identify those um, so that we don't end up making, you know, having financial problems on top of everything else. I think sometimes just even eliminating those things, like, for example, there's a major online retailer who has an app and you can, you know, purchase things and it'll come quickly to your house. But if you remove that temptation from your phone or from your you know, smart device or whatever it is that can really help manage that temptation. So get rid of it. (laughs) Excellent idea. I've been loving this conversation. Um, We want to leave you all with a few coping resources that we have been working on. So we've been working on like just a lot of different um, educational information. We use resources from other agencies that provide information for us. And so a couple that we've put out on our blog, Plan Will Retire Well, Seisha just wrote a fantastic article on which bills to pay first. Mm-hmm. So that article, of course, covers some of like your essential needs, um, you know, ways to work with creditors and other service providers. Um, so whether it's for your mortgage, your car loan, student loan piece, um, just like different conversation starters to have. And some of that information also comes from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And they have been putting out um, a lot of information over the last um, few months as well too um, just to help people protect themselves financially during this time Mm -hmm. they're a great resource and we use them a lot we also have like a couple different things um, relating to information on student loan payments. So one of the webinars that we're a part of is the Get Savvy webinar. And they just, we just did a new one or was a revised one on student loan repayment. Mm-hmm. So as a resource as well, too, people have a lot of questions about um, the CARES Act and how that affects like their student loan payment. Um, so that also has information for you on when um, those payments are suspended and those are suspended th- through um, September 30th of this year. But we do have like that information in that webinar um, for people who have more questions about that. So those are a couple of our resources. Anything else that you guys want to share? I mean, I think the, the University of Illinois Extension has been doing a, go- a good job about like just resources in general, um, not only financial, but all the other ones out there. Um, so if you get a chance, you can check it out and we'll put those in the show notes as well. So that way you can click the link and it's right there. 
I think it's also just a good reminder that even though we are sheltering at home here in Illinois, that University of Illinois Extension is still working hard and that we are doing webinars, we are writing blog posts, we're enjoying doing our podcasts. Um, so, you know, don't forget, we're here when you need some help or you have questions or you're looking for resources. We're still we're still here and still staying timely. And we should mention that we do have a webinar series coming up and it's called Let's Talk Money. And that actually starts on Thursday, June 4th at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of different topics. I think we have eight weeks worth of topics. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Um, we're all going to be on uh, each one of us. So you'll get to see our pretty faces on Zoom. Um, but hopefully you'll be able to connect with us and we'd love for you to join us as well. And I, I don't know if you said that or not, but they're free and oh, they're they are. available nationwide. <laughs> and um, we'd hope you join us. Yeah, you can when you register, you can choose which webinars sound most appealing to you or you can do them all and you'll get quite quite a actually quite a bit of information we'll be covering. Yeah, so we will. Well, thank you all so much for joining. It's been a pleasure as always. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.